This is a Broad Pods production. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio. I'm Jo Stanley and my co-host today is the lovely Shelley Ware. Hello, Shelley. Hello, Jo. Thanks for having me two weeks in a row. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's such a blessing. You know, I'd have you almost every week if I could, but of course... You work in education, so (laughs) I have to take advantage of school holidays when I can. Hey, it's our 40th show. So exciting. Happy birthday. I know. Well done to you. Oh, well done to all of us. It's not just me. It's a massive team that's brought this together for 40 weeks. And uh, we had a cake today brought to us by Beautiful Ro. We haven't eaten it yet, but I wish you were here, Shelley, to share it with me. But this is thanks to Ro, our beautiful producer over there who brought that along. She knows. I mean, you can't have a station all about women without cake, I think. Cake fixes everything. This is everything. It really does. Hey, we've got a beautiful show lined up for you. We've got the amazing, very hilarious comedian Judith Lucy joining us. She's one of our favourites and I think one of Australia's funniest women. We have commentator and author Kerry Sackville, who is one of our regular broads. She's going to come on and talk about uh, the joys of receiving a package when you're in lockdown, online shopping. I don't know. Are you you a a culprit? Yes. So, you were so bashful. Yes. <laughs> yes, and also today we're going to be joined by State Greens candidate Katie Clements, who's going to be talking about um, how we can get more women in Parliament effectively, which is, I think, really critical. And some of the things we've been talking about this year a lot, I think, would be solved by getting maybe more women in Parliament. So we're looking forward to that. Welcome to you if you are joining us live on Facebook and YouTube. Chuck us a follow or a like or a subscribe. If you are, would pretty be really helpful to us. And we'd love it if you joined us in the comments. We are already we've got someone saying happy 40th show. Thanks, Melissa. That's very yeah. lovely. So do share your comments and your thoughts and your questions along the way today. Um, we really love it when we hear from you. Uh, so, Shelley, how, how have your school holidays been going, by the way, Shell? Oh, I've been busy. We're thinking of selling our homes. So I've been decluttering and packing. So it's really mm. been about that. What about mm. yours? 
Um, I should be decluttering. I actually took seven bags of clothes out of my daughter's wardrobe this week. I don't know. How does she grow so fast? But oh. I, I was so happy that the grand final was on on Saturday night where lovers of AFL footy and, uh, geez, it was a distraction from the boredom. <laughs> yeah. It was what we all needed. It certainly was. It, it electrified everything. Yeah. It was wonderful. Loved that game. It was such a great game. Yeah, what did you think of the, I mean, it was sort of, I, Western Bulldogs and the Melbourne Footy Club, both of them had our hearts in a lot of ways because the Doggies often is the team that people barrack for as their second team, but Melbourne had been 57 years. I was kind of torn. Mm. Who am I barracking for? Who did I want to see win? Yeah, I was torn. I went from, I think I went about three, four different ways the whole entire way through the game mm. because I did, you know, I barracked for the Blues, so I wasn't too bothered by who actually won. But I do have a very, very, very soft spot for Melbourne. We've, um, a love of ours, Neville Jeddah, he's played for them for so many years. And, you know, so we've fallen in love with the other players along the way as well. So I think the softest spot was with Melbourne, so we were thrilled for them. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Gorney. I am a big fan yeah. of Christian Petrarca and I mm. love Ben Brown, who, of course, um, he, he's come to Melbourne from North Melbourne. And uh, Ben Brown is an outstanding person. He's an ambassador for Our Watch, so he does a lot of work with his wife, Hester, in the space around, you know, uh, stopping violence against women and children. Uh, he's an extraordinary man. He is one of the best humans walking on this earth. Like he genuinely is. I've had the pleasure of meeting him several times and Hester, his wife, and I would consider them friends and they are genuinely the nicest people on this earth. I don't, I don't, I, I, they blow my mind away. Jeez, that is a massive rap. What pressure to be the <laughs> nicest people on earth. Like you could never lose they, your temper they... if someone stole your car park, could you? Or maybe they just don't no. even think to do that because they're the nicest people on earth. Well, you can still be angry and nice. It's okay to get angry, but they are genuinely good souls. I really like that. You can still be angry and nice, of course, of course. Anger, anger is an important emotion. Um, what about also too, it was so fantastic to have two female presidents of a footy club in the grand final. It was. It was fantastic to see two female presidents and then to see Daisy Pierce. you know, seeing her also commentate the game. She's the first woman ever to broadcast and commentate a live match, an AFL match of a grand final, squeeze me. So, you know, it was absolutely wonderful to see that. I was just so proud of her. I thought yeah. she was magnificent. She's an outstanding commentator. Did she not just win an award? I wish oh, I knew that. Yes, she won. She just won. Um, you know, in the bigger. Award oh yes, thing. of course, for the AFL um, Media Awards, she won yes. an award there. Yeah, yeah she, she did. did. So, yeah, yes, we love that. Yeah. Um, hey, as we're talking about celebrations in our fortieth uh, show, Shelley, I have had flashbacks to my fortieth birthday when I turned forty, and I can't say I loved turning forty. I can't really? say I embraced the new decade. No, I have to say <laughs> I remember turning 40 with great sadness because there were so many things I felt oh. like I was shutting the door to. How, how did you oh. go? Like significant birthdays, you know, they have this sort of way, this power of making you reflect on your life and sometimes that's not positive. <laughs> oh, I know. I know what you mean. Um, my 40th, I loved. I, I'm a own, I only really celebrate the big ones. And next year is actually my 50th. Me too. And this one, I'm, 
Yes, I know. So <laughs> this is a different one for me. I'm actually already starting to feel like, hang on, I'm going to take a few more deep breaths to get through this one. I don't think it'll be the day. I just think it's, I think it's got a little bit to do with my dad passing at 50. But I'm massive on the milestone birthdays, but the rest, just, just nothing. I don't even really care if I celebrate them. It's weird. I'm weird. Well, no, that's that's totally fair. And I think that the – so when you turned 40, were you okay with being the big 4 yep, as they say? Yeah, okay, loved it. Had a massive party. It was great. Yep, mm. loved it. No problems. 50, I'm taking a few deep breaths. Well, I think it was just because my dad passed away mm. at 50. So I'm a bit worried. I've had my heart checked a few times and, you know, done all of those things, had my blood test, had every test known to mankind to make sure I make it through. But – that's probably it. And I think it's also you're stepping into that next level of just being touch older and looking at your own children and, go, oh, I've only got one child, but looking at my child and saying, I'm getting really quite old. And I, <laughs> so that is a worry for me. What am I going to miss out on? Or what can I still do? But trying to also pull myself back into being present. Mm. Also, I think we are surrounded by images of what middle age is and when we grew up so I you know my my father passed when I was very young so I only had my mum as an example and as she went through middle age in the 80s middle age was middle age right but now we are midlife but I don't want to be middle-aged it's kind of a yeah. I, I don't I want to reject these notions of whatever that decade of the 50s is going to be definitely like my nana looked like she was 80 when she was 40 the way she dressed everything and then when I look at it she was only 40 you know yeah. that's just so completely different how are you feeling about turning 50 oh, I'm really excited I'm really oh, uh, because 40 was bad for me and a lot of it was related to fertility and the fact that I desperately wanted another yes. baby and that was not happening right so de kind of grief around that and also menopause and just weirdness and just going. I look back now and mm. realise I was going through menopause, didn't know, but I was just like, oh, just trauma, trauma, mm. just, I don't know, hormones. And I, I think okay. I was, I think I had a maybe a slight breakdown and didn't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was bizarre. Anyway, I just yeah. can't remember feeling like on top of things. Just it was a total blur. And very unhappy. Yeah. But my 50s and broad radio is very tied up in this. I'm just going to, I'm yeah. so determined to make it the most productive decade of my life and really feel like I'm alive every day. Because what a blessing. Like your father Absolutely. didn't make it past 50. My father didn't make it past 32. It is a constant reminder that every single day is a blessing and let's live it. I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> and I'm inspired by this woman. I'm inspired by this woman, Shelley. This is Iris Atful, who's 100, 100 on the cover of Harper's Bazaar Arabia. Look at her. I mean. Absolutely. Oh, Gorgeous. My. God, where do I get a dress that looks like a giant rose bush? Like, look at it. She's literally sitting in a rosebud. I love it. I so, so want that dress. Like, is it a jacket or is it a dress jacket? It's a jacket and skirt, I think. I mm. just want that so badly and I want to stroll through the streets wearing it. Mm. It's never too <laughs> late to be on the cover of Harper's Bazaar, Shelley. Yeah. Let that be the That's lesson it. here. And as we speak of... Uh, um, being on the cover of something, 
You never know it might happen to this woman. I don't she she our first guest may have been on the cover of magazine. I can I see imagine. her smirking at me <laughs> as I introduce her. Um she is one of Australia's greatest comedians and uh we're thrilled to have her. Um Judith Lucy, hello. Hello and oh god, I've got a pop. Oh! Happy <laughs> Happy 40th. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Do you remember your 40th oh, or your 50th? How do you go with significant birthdays, Jude? Well, I've been really lucky because just before I turned 40, a really significant relationship ended, and just before I turned 50, a really significant relationship ended. But I must say I did not have a problem with turning 40, and I had this great little experience happen because I was meant to have a big party, relationship ended, thought, no, I won't do that. So I just had sort of a small dinner in my house. But I still did the thing of, you know, telling my neighbours, putting a little letter in their letterboxes. Anyway, I was cleaning my house. I'd mopped the floor. Beautiful visual for everyone there. <laughs> I was waiting for it to dry. And then, so my front door was open. This woman knocked on the door and I'm up the other end of the house, which that makes it sound like a mansion. It was about two metres away. And um, <laughs> she had a bottle of champagne and she, we just yelled the whole conversation, but she just went, I'm your next door neighbour's mother. And I wanted to say happy 40th. I'm 73 and I'd give anything to be 40 again. And look, to be oh. honest, the champagne was shit. But the sentiment... <laughs> The sentiment was wonderful. So I actually felt great about 40, 50, 50 I found slightly more challenging, I will admit. Mm. And that was really because my life had just completely fallen apart. And that's, I think, what's going to do it to you every time. And it's some of the stuff you were touching on, like my brother died a few years before that. Mm. I became menopausal. I had the whole midlife crisis. I had a horrendous relationship breakup. And there's no getting around the fact that when you hit 50, the chances of you living, you know, you've got less mm. time ahead mm. of you. Let's be brutally mm. honest, unless I'm living till I'm past 100. And if my past is anything to go by, if I make it past 65, it'll be a miracle. So I'm just aware of the clock ticking. Yes. It's so true. That's, that's I think I actually cried about that last week, to be perfectly honest with you. I looked at my son and I was like, I don't have enough time. I got very, very upset. So I hear no, me. you're never going to have enough time. But it's everything you were saying, Joe. That's why you've just got to, you know, be in the moment as much as you can without getting all Eckhart Tolle or however mm. you pronounce it on us. But, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of like after plunging into the depths of despair about it, then I just went, okay well what can my body still do and instead of getting really down about you know wrinkles and menopause and a dry vagina I thought <laughs> oh god damn it um look, look I'm still doing yoga I'm still I learned how to ride a bike last year I'm getting my learners I am this look this is what I decided to do in my 50s I decided to actually learn the skills that most people learned when they were a toddler or a teenager <laughs> so I've learned how to ride a bike I'm having swimming lessons well I will when we're allowed to do that again I'm learning how to drive so you know it's it, it's all ahead of me well that's the straw I'm clutching on to <laughs> you know 
Um, I really, oh, I didn't bring it down here. I was going to bring my, um, uh, my copy of your book, Turns Out I'm Fine, which really does kind of, it, it paints a picture of the very difficult time that you had over the last few years around your beautiful brother dying and your, your relationship breakup and all of those terrible things that you went through. But it's navigating age. That's what you're doing in this book. And I'm going to quote you. I love it. You said, I knew I wanted not just to make peace with aging, but embrace it. And that society wasn't going to help me with that. Do you think we ever find peace? Oh, my theory is that you have a moment of incredible clarity and insight and you go, oh, my God, I get it. And then you drop dead. Uh, I, think, I think it's just a lifelong battle, really. Don't you think it's like it's like peeling an onion? Because I feel like in my thirties, I went, "Oh God, I was an idiot in my twenties, and I worked some stuff out." And then you get to forty, and it's the same thing. You know, you thought you maybe knew some stuff in your thirties, and then you go, "No, I didn't." And so I do absolutely feel that you get wiser as you get older. But I don't think the process ever stops. I don't mm. think you ever wake up one morning and go, well, that's life sorted. <laughs> and, you know, you're on some plateau from there on in, some plateau of incredible joy and contentment. I don't think so. I think you, I think, I actually believe one of the reasons we're here is just to keep learning. And what, one thing I've been learning is this morning has gone along is every now and then I'll, I'll just get a glimpse of myself, which is horrifying. And the unfortunate thing is I haven't had a haircut now for about four months. And those people with curly hair will know that after a point, it doesn't grow down, it just grows out. <laughs> so it was just um, it was just alarming to see the cover of the book and remember what it was like when, you know, there was some style happening. But anyway, these are the sort of details that I'm meant to be letting go of <laughs> in the 50s. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, one of the blessings of lockdown you've just touched on is certainly not going anywhere, but it's also that we are wearing these lovely masks and hiding ourselves when we go out. So besides your hair, have you bothered with any other beauty during lockdown? Do you know, Shelley, and this is one of the things about ageing, it does become a lot about management, uh, <laughs> managing the physical stuff, because I went over and had dinner with my bubble buddy, Andrea, a couple of weeks ago, and, and thank God you can do that. I mean, I don't know if you remember 
um, when in Melbourne, you know, you could see an intimate partner, but you couldn't see a friend. And that was really challenging if you were a single person living alone. Like at one point, Andrew rang me up last year and said, you know, I just want to come over for a cup of tea. And I said, well, it's all very well and good, but to keep this legal, you're going to have to sit on my face. And apart from anything else, <laughs> That would have made drinking my old grey tea very tricky. But anyway, sorry to any parents who might have to explain that joke to their children. But I went over to Andrea's house a couple of um, weekends ago. And before I went, I had to do my feet exercises because my bunions have really uh, turned into something. And the other thing I had to do was shave my face. Because, of course, the great thing about wearing a mask is that it does hide a lot of stuff that's going on. And I have honestly reached a point where um, part of my beauty regime is now face shaving. I was in my therapist's toilet just before the whole pandemic hit. And I don't know whether she was angling for more sessions or, or what. She's a wonderful therapist, but it's the brightest bathroom in the world. And, you know, I was looking at myself in the mirror. I was probably reapplying my lipstick. And I had this moment of just going, oh my god I'm so hairy I look like a German <laughs> shepherd and look if you decided to embrace your facial hair then I take my hat off to you but I'm not there yet mm. I'm not quite ready to look like a half woman half dandelion so I start I bought one of those shavers that well Denise Scott and I both yes. bought one yeah, and we started shaving, and then Scotty made the um, discovery that uh, it was great. But then a couple of days later, she had stubble, and this was a real thing because, of course, as she pointed out, that's all well and good if you're in a boy band, but as a middle-aged <laughs> woman, stubble is not what you want to greet the world with. So then I bought another um, contraption that actually rips it out at the root. So it means I've got a smoother finish once I've stopped bleeding. <laughs> You know, we, we actually um, we had Scotty on the show earlier this year and she pulled out the lady shaver and she actually did it. She demonstrated the lady shaver on, on the show, which was um, it was a real treat. Um, but I, I would agree with you that, I mean, how shit's menopause? And I have to acknowledge there's a dog barking, which I do <laughs> as a part of it's live um but how shit's menopause that you lose your eyesight and grow whiskers at the same time so you don't know that it's there but yeah but is that meant to be the thing that's comforting that we just you know we can't see things quite as clearly as we used to so then it's just really up to other people to be horrified on our behalf And we're just blindly forging ahead, just thinking, I look fantastic. Yeah. It's terrible, though, isn't it? Because I feel like if we lived in a different sort of society, we wouldn't hate menopause as much as we do. Because, I mean, without, I don't know, sounding like I'm about to start talking about my yoni, I, I just really feel that, you know, we're so obsessed with youth and we're so obsessed with women being past their use by date after a certain age that you are meant to feel, um, you are meant to feel kind of like, like it's some sort of death knell mm. instead of going, okay, well, this is a completely natural process that all cis women will go through and it's actually just moving on to the next stage of life where I should be wiser and respected and feeling good in my own skin. But unfortunately, because of the world we live in, we just go, oh, my God, I don't look 27 anymore. I should take my own life. So I get a bit <laughs> resentful about that. 
Yeah, I agree with you. So in your book, It Turns Out I'm Fine, you talk a lot about menopause. Exactly how shit was your experience for the listeners? Um, And, you know, I do want to point out that turns out I'm fine. I have set a pretty low bar. It's not like I've gone, turns out I'm amazing. I've just gone, <laughs> turns out I'm fine. And, you know, it should probably have been turns out I'm fine for now. But, um, I look, I think for me, I actually had a slightly unusual menopause experience because my brother died when I was 46 and I just became menopausal like that, just overnight. So there was no peri, peri. I hadn't gone to Nando's. There was nothing <laughs> like that. I just seemed to plunge straight into it. And I did not um, menstruate, like not a drop for two and a half years. So of course I thought, well, that's that. And then I started getting sort of weird half periods again. So, and that's the wonderful thing about menopause. I think everyone goes on their own special personal journey. But I remember when I first read about it, well, when I first realized, oh my God, this is it. And I remember coming across this hideous article that had all of these potential symptoms. And some of the ones that horrified me the most were um, change of odour, uh, incontinence. It said there were three types of incontinence, but my favourite was urge incontinence where, and I quote, the bladder develops a mind of its own. <laughs> you know, oh, who needs a toilet? There's a shoe. I mean, I thought... Isn't life hard enough <laughs> without things like urge incontinence? And, of course, we all know about the hot flushes, but one of the symptoms, as they described, it was some, for some women the hot flushes are so bad they feel like they are being engulfed by flames. <laughs> you know, stop mm. screaming, Joan of Arc. It was just hormonal. And it's just incredible to me that on top of all the other crap women have to deal with, we're dealing with that. And it's only really quite recently that people have started talking about menopause. I mean, I look back now on when my mother was clearly going through it. And of course, she didn't say a word. Mm. And she was obviously just expected to suck it up. I know. It's extraordinary. Back then, it was just, you, they might have referred to the change, but that was it. Yeah. There, was no, there was no conversation around it. And certainly, there was no opportunity to go and seek help um I, I love 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 the book judith i you know i Thanks started so i sta i started stand up around you know you had already been on the scene for quite a long oh well i don't know maybe a few years i don't know when i started doing because i'm i'm 53 so i'm certainly a few years ahead and in, in that area yeah, but well what i what i remember though jude was how important it was to me to see you doing stand-up mm. in a, such a male-dominated industry and uh, to see you do it, it, from my perspective, it looked like you were doing it with ease. You were so, from the minute you're on stage, so self-assured, so funny. Um, but then reading your book, you know, to learn the anxiety that comes with it, and I, I found that so amazing because I just assumed, isn't that just standard for performance, right? But to... Uh, your audience wouldn't have any idea of the anxiety that you're managing when you're working. We're all just pretending, aren't we? <laughs> um, I'm actually, I must admit, the anxiety, um, as you would know from the book, it, I went through periods where it was quite crippling and I was having panic attacks on stage and that was hideous because suddenly something that I really loved doing became something that I actually dreaded from the moment I woke up in the morning. And thanks to, you know... 
Yoga and meditation mainly for me. <laughs> um, I, I am now so much better in terms of anxiety. And so, I, I mean, that's one of the great, that has been one of the great things about ageing for me is that I am probably having more fun on stage now than I ever have before. So it'll be great when I actually get to do that again mm -hmm. and remember what it's like to be in front of an audience. But, I, I mean, you are right, though, in that... Um, no, hopefully the audience would never have picked it. And I think you would obviously know this too, Joe. I mean, audiences are like wolves. They can just smell the fear on you. Mm. So if you don't go out there looking supremely confident and like you're totally on top of everything that's going on, people know that. And that means you just don't get the laughs. So yes, there was a, there was a bit of acting going on there. But now I feel like I finally... I don't know. I finally reached a good point, which means I'm probably about to drop dead. But hopefully <laughs> not. But can I say, honestly, if we're doing a bit of, you know, blowing smoke up people's bottoms, I think the fact that you're doing this and what you've particularly done, not just for women in comedy, but women in radio, is just unbelievably impressive. And the fact that you have started this station, I just Aww. applaud you, Joe Stanley. I, seriously, I think it's fantastic. And I, I did not have the illustrious career in radio that you had, but I certainly experienced how difficult can be, it can be as a woman on commercial radio. And so the fact that you have done this, I just think is, yeah, incredible and deserves all our support. Oh, thanks, Jude. That's that's really lovely. I mean, I, you and I have had uh, different experiences of radio, but also the same in that it's, yeah. it's a hard game and uh, you're surrounded by people, largely men, who... Um, don't have your best interest at heart <laughs> and aren't the kindest and it can be a really brutal game and I guess broad radio for me is because I love radio still yeah I love well, it so good at it so yeah but but there's a way of making it inclusive and really warm and kind and compassionate and and really bring that feminine energy that I think a lot of radio lacks so um and and also voices of women over 40 isn't that unique um, it simply is unique. And this is what I find really fascinating and kind of extraordinary and wonderful about women is that so often um, we have to make our own work, especially mm. after a certain age. You kind of go, oh, okay, so you're not going to employ me anymore. Um, so now I guess I'll just have to do my own stuff. And I have seen women do that time and time again. And, I mean, this is kind of why my main things now are performing live, doing a podcast series and writing a book because that was essentially work I could make for myself because, you know, I'm finding it really hard to get a gig on television these days. Commercial radio said goodbye to me a long time ago. But what I love about the women that I really respect is that we go, well, that's not going to shut us up. We will find a way. <laughs> we will find a way because we know the audience is out there. Yeah, And it's just the gatekeepers that decide, well, you're a woman over 40, maybe you should be dead now. But no, <laughs> there are lots of people out there who still want to hear from us. So we just have to navigate our way through to find them. And that's exactly what you're doing. So it's great. Oh, thanks. And Shell, I see you nodding when it comes to the fact that we have to make our own, our own work and find our audiences which are there. Yeah, so, so true. I've worked in television for 20 years and... No longer. Now I'm 50. Ta-da, Shelley. <laughs> and can you really realise what happened? I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't have been said overtly, but would you it's put it It's playing a that? huge role. Yes, yeah. it's very obvious that's what's happened. Yeah. It's part of, the, part of the reason, I would say definitely. 
Mm. Well, I'm just... It's interesting because I think we all know that it does not affect our male colleagues in the same way. Mm. I am seeing, you know, men in their 50s, Mm. white, straight men going great guns. Mm. And it's kind of like you do go, hang on, aren't we meant to be trying to make the landscape like about a million times more diverse? And yet that just doesn't really seem to be happening. Yeah, it's it's really quite baffling. And, geez, I'm happy to swoop in on your availability, Shelley. And you too, Jude, let's get you back on the show. And when we're a fully-fledged station, yes, please. let's get you and Kaz Cook back on air. I would love that. Oh, as would Kaz Cook and I, because this is the thing, like you. I mean, I love radio, but there are actually just so... So many, the, the opportunities are so limited, especially mm. if you're a woman. So, again, mm. God bless you, Joe Stanley. Oh, well, God bless you too, okay. Judith Lucy. I have to mention that you, um, we're, we're running out of time, unfortunately, but so you've, you, you know, you found this great purpose and doing incredible work with uh, the Ningaloo Project. Tell us very quickly about that. Oh, so I just had an amazing experience. Some people might have known I did a podcast series for the ABC called Jeff Lucy Overwhelmed and Dying. And um, that ended with me having this incredible experience where I got to go snorkeling at Ningaloo Reef with a humpback whale and then a whale shark while author Tim Winton was holding my hand. And I am a huge Tim Winton tragic. So I just had this moment. I was above a humpback whale. I'm a terrible swimmer, which is why Tim Winton had to hold my hand. And I honestly remember... Remember thinking if I drop dead right now, that would be kind of fine. Um, it, it, life's not going to get much better than this. But it was that moment where I kind of went from going, yeah, climate change is a bummer, but hasn't Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio kind of got it covered? He'll sort it out. You know, doing the stuff that we all do, like recycling mm. and trying to take mm. more public transport. But there was something about that experience that just made me go, no, this is the most important thing. How could I not make this issue the most important issue? Because it affects everything else that I feel strongly mm. about. You know, uh, educating women is going to be one of the things that, you know, makes a real difference when it comes to climate change refugees we know that that is a problem that is only going to get so much worse because of climate change so it's kind of like if we don't start off with that and then sort out all the other stuff we need to around it like you know inequality then i don't know where we are so yes i must admit i have become one of those women in their 50s who's you know really going with a cause and can i just plug a benefit i'm doing on thursday night Uh, It's for a wonderful organisation called Climate for Change. They're an incredible grassroots organisation where they basically go into people's living living rooms and they have, well, they're kind of like sex toy parties, except they talk about climate. So, you know, less vibrators, more talk of uh, glaciers melting, but a little bit similar. But um, if you get onto their website, that's from 6 to 8.30 on Thursday, and there's fantastic people like Sarah Wilson and Rebecca Huntley, who wrote the book, How to Talk About Climate Change in a Way That Makes a Difference. Simon Tui, which some of you might know, he was a MasterChef finalist. He's going to be on Cooking Up a Storm. So, yes. If you're free on Thursday and you feel like an uplifting couple of hours where you don't think about earthquakes, riots and people urinating on the Shrine of Remembrance, (laughs) get along. 
Amazing, Judith. Uh, we actually had uh, Climate for Change on the show earlier this year and they are an extraordinary oh, organisation doing some fantastic things. And they totally, they really put the steam up me as well as far as climate change is concerned. And I agree with you, Judith. Thank you so much and well done. It's just awesome to have you on the show. We'll have you again sometime. That would be wonderful. I look forward to you looking back on your 40th birthday and going, that was nothing. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> you bet. Thanks, Drew. Take care. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.